see you're drinking this one. <laughs> and one. Like, I only get one? Uh, yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got, we've got two or three. I brought one color for you for tonight, a winter night's grand. 16-year-old MGP ride. Well, and I've got a 21 and a 22-year-old bottle of rhetoric open. I've got, uh, what's that one I was, uh, the, the, the gifted horse, I've got one of those. Uh, there'll be, I've got, look, I've got 80 bottles at my house. I've got 80 bottles. I'm, I'm trying pretty damn hard. I, I got it culled down from about 130, so. All right. This is probably addressed um, in the new book, what you're planning on getting, but um, can you discuss uh, just briefly for your older clients, say 50s and 60s, that you've trained going on years, um, what does life get in the way? What is the minimum generalization? speaking, um, what is the minimum times they can train to maintain what you've built on? Those people I want twice a week. Twice a week? Yeah. I don't really want them any more than twice a week. If they're over 60, twice a week's plenty. Is that to maintain or to progress? No, it's to make progress. Okay. And we don't do a bunch of volume with them either. Volume is what kills people that are older. Right. So we go up and do a heavy squat heavy set of three or five, just one set and then quit. But make, but drive that. That's a pretty broad cast net for that I think that works for most people, yeah. Depending on how much time they've got, you know, how well they're sleeping. For that demographic, that's an extremely important question. You don't know this yet, but when you get to be 60, you won't be sleeping well. You'll get, you'll get some sleep, but you won't be sleeping well. And this interferes with your ability to recover. And anybody you train that's 60 is going to have sleeping problems. Now, they may choose to medicate themselves, or they may try to just stubbornly fight through it and just go get by on four or five hours of sleep. But that really cuts into recovery. You know, they might get one good night's sleep every two weeks. You know, if they're, if they're males that age, they probably should be on testosterone replacement therapy. All right? And that will help quite a bit. But two days a week is probably enough for those guys. Yeah. You may have uh, addressed it earlier, but I was going to ask, what is one book that everyone should read regarding to any topic? What, just what book should everybody read? Yeah, like one particular book. Besides mine? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not into general literature. Uh, there's been, I mean, it's like, what whiskey are we drinking this weekend? You know, you can't just say one book. I think that uh, I certainly would not, uh, I don't, I, I can't answer that. There's 
so damn many books that are good. Uh, I think the one book probably everybody ought to read is that one novel Robert E. Howard wrote, Conan the Conqueror. That's the one you ought to read. He wrote another one called uh, Amalric. That was a good one, too. Read that. As far as within this field is concerned, uh, I, I, and I really hate to say this, well, Reynolds and I were talking about this last night. There is nothing in the strength and conditioning field worth reading. Really, there's not. Like, what would it be? You know, it's just it's just such a hash of just gibberish that uh, I don't uh, I don't I don't see any point wasting a bunch of time on it. Now there's some. I think you ought to have Brooks and Fahey, just so you'll understand the physiology. I think that the best anatomy book that's accessible to people at our level is is uh, uh, the Atlas of Human Anatomy by uh, Netter, Frank Netter. There are, there are a lot of good anatomy books, but I like that one the best. They presented in a way that makes it very accessible. They, the best drawing I've ever seen of the shoulder anatomy, of rotator cuff anatomy, is in that book. And if you don't really understand it, read it and you'll, you'll, see, you'll get a very good three-dimensional uh, grasp of what the shoulder actually looks like without actually having to cut anybody up to see it, you know. Uh, I don't know. Book on general physiology, that's the anatomy text. Like I mentioned, Engineer to Win's a damn good book to make you think about the details of all kinds of processes. Uh, you got anything you want to add to that? Anybody on staff have anything they want to add to that? Nick, you got a favorite book? I like Mountain Man by Vardis Fisher. I'll tell you what, man, the best, uh, oh, Death in the Long Grass. Yeah, the best book he's ever recommended was Death in the Long Grass. Death in the Long Grass. That's a hell of a You guys, that's a great fucking book, man. Death in the Long Grass. I've read that ten times. It's a amazingly entertaining book. Uh, what else? I like Glory Road by Robert Heinlein. That's my most entertaining Heinlein book. So uh, earlier today, you and I talked about somebody was really serious about wanting to specialize in the press, um, intermediate, training in the press four days a week. Yeah. Um, what would that look like as far as you know the, the differences in the reps sets? I, and I don't need like heavy specifics, just like a general idea. Well, I think you probably ought to. I mean, you've got to do your fives, and then if I was going to specialize in the press, I would I would be doing triples or doubles another day of the week. And again, we're talking about an intermediate trainee here, not a novice. Uh, I would be doing uh, one day a week uh, from pins in the rack, partial lockouts, and then maybe uh, a light day, 
yeah, maybe not even eights, maybe just 80% fives because the press is extremely dependent on, it's a lot more, it's, it's real difficult to rescue a press that's out of position. You can wrestle the squat back into position, but you can't wrestle a press back into position. If you get it out there, it's over with. What about uh, utilizing like heavier push presses? I don't, push presses are not gonna help your press. Okay. They will not help your press. The partial strength comes from the lockouts in the pin, but if you get used to using your knees in a press, you're gonna do it on a platform. I wouldn't ever do push presses for, for the press. Okay. Push presses are a jerk assistance exercise, not a press assistance exercise, okay? I seem to recall hearing a couple of times this weekend that stretching is overrated and... I think I said it was useless, <laughs> not overrated. Let's be clear, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. It's not overrated, it's, that's the polite version. But since it's just us talking here, it's useless. <laughs> so there's really no, not necessarily strength training related, but no really other circumstances. If you do not have a range of motion issue that needs to be addressed with stretching, then stretching is a waste of time. Now, if you like stretching, enjoy yourself. If you like drinking Folgers coffee, Drink Folgers coffee. If you like Bud Light, drink Bud Light. If you like to stretch, stretch. But let's not pretend that we're doing something good with either of those three activities. Okay? Yeah? I think you touched a little bit on this uh, earlier on the front row, but... Uh, you and I recently had a recent conversation about my performance on a PT test after only doing the starting strength program. Right, um, right. And I did well on that test. And you made an excellent board post about that, too. Anybody read the board post he made about the PT? Well, describe it real quickly. The test itself? What, yes. What you trained for, what the test was, and how you did. The test uh, consists of a vertical jump, a uh, max push-ups in a minute with 40 being the minimum, uh, max sit-ups in a minute with 37 being the minimum, uh, a mile and a half run with uh, 13, 18 being the minimum acceptable, and then a 300 meter sprint with 60 seconds being the, the max amount. The only training I did, starting strength. I didn't do I didn't run. Matter of fact, I don't think I've actually ran unless it was maybe after someone very shortly uh, for a year. So I didn't do any sprints, <coughs> I didn't do any push-ups, I didn't do sit-ups. Uh, there was a lot of guys that said, man, the run's going to kill you. I actually believe that. So um, I have also went from, I think when I started that this last time, I was about 185, 190. I'm now 220. 21. So um, I expected to do poorly, or not really poorly, but I expected the run would kill me. So I started <coughs> off doing my vertical jump, I believe that was, I remember it was 30, 32. Well, if it had a three in front of it, that's pretty good. 
for a guy your advanced age, that's pretty good. So. Right, me too. Me too. I haven't matured in a long time. Uh, one of the guys, of course, he was telling me, you know, he was talking to me. He said uh, before, he said, well, you know, I bet at this weight you couldn't do a muscle up. I've done a muscle up in two years. So before the deal, I reached up, I grabbed up, I did a muscle up. I'm like, what? So it came time to do the push ups. I was worried I want to conserve energy. So I started doing push ups. In 30 seconds, I'd reached my 40. I decided to stop. They were felt super easy. I haven't done any push ups. I was worried about those. So I just stopped. Uh, in about 40 seconds on the sit ups, I'd reached my 37. I cut it off because I'm worried about the run. I'm conserving energy. Um, sit-ups are one thing that get people sometimes. We've always been told, hey, if you're not doing sit-ups, you're not going to do well in the sit-ups. Apparently, <laughs> that's not the case when you're squatting. No. So, and then uh, in the mile and a half, at the halfway point, I was exactly at and 30 seconds. Um, so I slowed down intentionally because I wanted to conserve with 300, came across the line at 12 minutes. Um, and then I ran the 300-meter sprint in 52 seconds. So, pass all that. That's having done none of those things in preparation for doing those things. At a much heavier body weight. At a 35 pound heavier body weight. This is, this is you know, and everybody goes, wow. And I, but you know what? That's typical. This is normal. This is what we always see. I wasn't sucking we, hand on the we, we see this in from we hear this from all of our military guys that do this, right? Uh, this is the normal experience. Okay, so the question. Let me ask the question: Why are we still laboring under the delusion that we have to do endurance-based PT in order to pass the PFT? A, B, why is the PFT based on endurance stuff? When it's clearly not necessary to do endurance training in order to possess endurance. I don't know. Maybe that was your question. I can't answer this. The question is how, because I think this obviously stems from the exercise. I know this is a trigger word for you, so I want you to sit there. <laughs> I want you to calm down. You watch my face. <laughs> You watch my face. Watch my face. I think this has to do with the exercise scientists. And I want to know, how do we, how do we change this? Uh, yeah, keep, keep it together. How do we change this? How do we, how do we make people realize this is the answer and not crunches? Well, I think we should ask them nicely. <laughs> We could say, we, we could send out an email to all of the exercise physiology departments in the world, and we could ask them nicely to pay attention to what we're trying to tell them. I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't work, do you? We could ask them nicely. I the majority of the guys you work with still, still believe what you previously believed, you know, so... The majority of the guys... Question, the, the better question is, the guys that you work with, why do they still believe that? The, the majority of the guys that saw him do that that day still do not believe what their own lying eyes told them occurred. 
do they? I, I, people are extremely. That's yeah. That's a that is a human nature question, and I don't know why people are not willing to think logically. Why are people? Why are large swaths of the human population unwilling to think logically about almost anything? Very few things are they willing to think logically about. The day they get out of Algebra 2 in high school, they stop having to think logically and they revert back to superstition and tradition and feeling and all this other shit. And I, man, I don't know. I don't know. You're asking me a question that I can't answer. And I'll bet nobody else in here can answer either. You know? You can think of all kinds of disturbing and uncomfortable examples of that that I won't bring up. But, I mean, the past two months have shown us, if nothing else, that people are not willing to think logically. And they're perfectly willing to continue thinking illogically, even in the face of proof to the contrary. So I don't know, Buck. Man, that's a great question. I don't know how you plan to fix it, though. I'm just going to, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask them nicely. I'm going to try that first. All right.